That's the Daily Dispatch, in discussion with Darren Mann. Headlines in the dispatch for today, the last Thursday of the year, December 30. Five dead in family shooting. Gunshots rang out for an hour and then terrified Chisane villagers found five bullet-riddled bodies, including that of an 82-year-old woman. Also on the front page of the dispatch today, copper cable thieves to blame for putrid swimming pools, says the mayor. More on these and other stories to be found on dispatchlive.co.za. Elsewhere on dispatchlive.co.za, look out for the story of the week, possibly the month or even the year, if you have an interest in the environment and particularly maritime life. High Court in Makanda stops Shell from Wild Coast exploration for now. The High Court in Makanda has barred Shell from going ahead with seismic blasting off the Wild Coast as part of its exploration for oil and gas for now. Judge Gerald Bloom on Tuesday ruled against the multinational. Now, Dean Knox from East London was part of the diverse group of individuals and organisations who succeeded with that High Court application against Shell, opposing the multinational both as an individual and in his professional capacity. What is that professional capacity, Dean? Thanks for joining us on the Daily Dispatch in discussion. Thanks very much, Darren. Um, I own a company called Jonginanga Eco Adventure. So uh, we basically show people the rivers, beaches, um, estuaries, coastal forests um, of the Eastern Cape. And we try to engage people with the environment, eco-adventure. And in doing so, hope that people will take a more caring approach to the environment and that this will contribute to sustainability. So a big part of what we do is environmental education with school groups. Who else was in the mix with you against Shell? The real heroes of this are the the communities of the Wild Coast who took Shell to court. And um, I think uh, one of the the major uh, individuals who stands out is a man by the name of Sinagugu Zakulu. Uh, from sustaining the wild coast is is from the Amadiba community of Kolobeni. They've been fighting mining for near on 20 years where um, the same Minister of Minerals and Energy has been involved in trying to assist an Australian company to mine their sand dunes for for heavy metals, titanium, zircon, a couple of of heavy metals that they want to extract from there. And the people of Kolobeni have been fighting this for some time. The other applicants in this case were the Dwesakrebe community. Um, there was fishermen from, from Port St. John's, fishermen from Kaimouth. But I think the, the major success of this was that the, the court application was brought, brought forward by indigenous people. And all around the world, indigenous communities have had a huge role to play in safeguarding the environment and I think the strength of the indigenous people speaking up is actually what won this case. The voice of one of the activists who successfully was involved in the application against multinational Shell in their oil and gas exploration activity off the Wild Coast, turned down by Judge Gerald Bloom in the Makanda High Court on Tuesday. So, as we heard, the High Court in Makanda barring Shell from going ahead with seismic blasting off the Wild Coast as part of its oil and gas exploration activities for now. The lead attorney in this legal success joins us on the Daily Dispatch in discussion with Darren Mann today. His name is Johan Lorenzen and you're from Richard Spohr and Associates who I understand are constitutional law specialists. Johan, good morning. Well done. Thanks for joining us. 
Morning. Thanks so much. That's very kind of you. Tell us about uh, the start of this action. Who approached you first and how did you get involved? So we've represented uh, the community of Kolobeni for many years in the mining struggle and their struggle against the toll road and generally against development imposed upon them. So the, that's how we got to know of the community case. And then um, Vilmin Vikram, who is also on the Kolobeni matter and is really the lead attorney uh, overall for what we've achieved here, uh, also has clients at Dwesa Tuebe. Um, uh, which is a land restitution, a restituted nature reserve to the community. And so through those conversations, uh, initially it was going, they were going to be part of a bigger, of the first application that was brought and was not successful, but our clients, uh, it simply wasn't possible to get their affidavits together. And they also had a, had a different cause of action. So, uh, we ended up being called in um, at the last minute to try to to try to get it together as quickly as possible. Right from the start, which angle in terms of the law did you guys decide to take? Because it obviously proved successful, as you said. This is a second application; the first one having failed earlier in December. So the the main angle we take in the application is consultation. That you know to operate uh, a business in South Africa without having thorough uh, consultation with the people who will be directly affected is just a recipe for a disaster um, and not, if I may say so, a a sound investment strategy. Uh, Because South African communities are unique. They have their own stories. They have their own myths. They have their own sustenance and religions, culture, spirituality. And that's the only way you're going to ensure your project addresses that richness rather than a cookie cutter um, consultation that one could perhaps get away with within town planning. That's the, the consultation needs to result in that type of richness to mitigate the harms. And so that's, that was the essence of the case. And then the, the main legal hook was that uh, they do not have an environmental authorization under the National Environmental Management Act and so they denied they need one. We say the case is quite clear, actually, that that you need that together with your mining legislation approval. Um, and that's where the lines were drawn. And so uh, to the, the, this week's judgment was um, an interim judgment, which means that the judge thought there's something to the case. And he wrote, he put that off quite beautifully, I think. And now we move on to part B, uh, which is confirming whether what the law is, whether they need a national environmental management authorization. So as you say, it's an interim interdict. So the caveat for now is pending the uh, finalization of that. I see Judge Gerald Bloom in making the ruling on Tuesday said, and I quote, despite the massive body of expert evidence on the threat to marine life, Shell did not provide any evidence to neutralize the representations made by the applicants. What do you anticipate next from the multinational? Well, we, we hope they'll speak for themselves soon. I don't want to get into speculation, but I will soon get a, uh, we'll soon hopefully find out whether they're going to appeal or not. I hope not, so we can just move on and, and get the business of Part B done. Uh, then we will be working with them to get the matter 
enrolled as as urgently as possible uh, to get finality. Uh, we also, in preparing the papers, indicated that we might also prepare a review of the approvals even under the mining legislation. So we'll also be putting that together, but that's likely to be part of a separate a separate case uh, that probably won't be significant unless our clients lose Part B. Initial reaction to the ruling has been very favourable. Have you experienced that as well? <laughs> that's, it's been thrilling. People have been uh, so kind to, to us, to Vilmin and I, but especially to our clients. These are communities who fought apartheid and colonialism and have just been waiting for the basic social contract of government for a bottom-up development to, to reach them. It simply hasn't. Instead, government is imposing uh, multinational companies on their land with, with little or no consultation. And uh, we see, see the consequences of that approach. Two questions rolled into one for you here. When did you figure that you had this one in the bag or did you not figure? I do my best not to figure because it's too, it's too risky. But what was quite funny was that we had all gathered at the Odacroll Beach, uh, m- all of the legal team that was in Cape Town, and to listen to the judgment. But it, it was read down so quickly, the order, Richard didn't even know we had won for 10 minutes after. So it took a while uh, for different people figured at different times. But I, as soon as the order was read out, that's when, that's when I knew we had it. The court order also ordered Shell and the Minister of Mineral Resources and Energy, Greta Mantashe, to pay the applicants' legal costs. I'm not going to ask you what the number is, Johan. I'm just going to say, well played so far. Any idea of a date on that final interdict? N- not, not yet. So we'll, we'll have to cooperate with Shell's uh, attorneys and, and with the, the judge, uh, with the senior judge, to get, get it allocated. So it's not, it's not really clear when, when, it will ha- when that will happen. Well, best of luck with that. Thank you very much. Johan Lorenzen from Richard Spoor and Associates. We appreciate you joining us on the Daily Dispatch in discussion with Darren Mann today. Congratulations on the win over the multinational. The area that they were hoping to cover with their seismic survey was about 6,000 square kilometres. That was the Daily Dispatch in discussion with Darren Mann.